Welcome to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast with fraud expert Skip Myers. This is your guide to fighting fraud and chargebacks. Learn the best fraud prevention solutions and strategies. How to enhance your fraud prevention team. And how to prosecute criminals. Now, here's your host, Skip Myers. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Runa Bad Guys Day radio show. Hey, I'm Skip Myers, your host of Runa Bad Guys Day radio. Hey, I want to start off, as always, and thank everyone who continues to support the program, and especially those loyal listeners who keep sending in that great feedback and emails. Hey, as always, please rate us if you think the podcast is great on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite podcast applications. I really appreciate it. Hey, as always, hey guys, we have a great show lined up this week, including a very, very special guest that helps you prevent and fight chargebacks and recover more of that important revenue. But first, as always, at Runa Bad Guys Day Radio, we like to talk about fraud news and updates and especially stupid criminal stories. But first, I have a great story from from foxcarolina.com. Police say that a 25-year-old South Carolina woman was arrested after she was caught driving a toy truck down a ro- roadway. Yes, let me repeat that. A police say a 25-year-old woman was arrested, uh, caught driving a toy truck down a roadway. So a woman was arrested in Walhalla, South Carolina, after police said she was found behind the wheel of a Power Wheels toy truck while under the influence of a narcotic. Man, that's not a good thing to do. I mean, what are you thinking? My gosh. Footage shows her being uh, reprimanded with the toy on the side of the road by police local authorities said. So the woman was arrested on charges of being drunk while driving down a South Carolina road, but it's what she was driving that caught the attention of the police. Can you imagine the police in a, in a high pursuit chase with a power wheels uh, perpetrator? Well, responding to the call about the suspicious female, officers found that this woman, Miss Holman, was behind a silver power wheels truck. Well, she probably should have, should have picked a sports car instead of a truck, said the police in the incident report. So police confirmed she was impaired uh, behind the wheel. Well, if she's on narcotics, apparently she was apparently impaired, according to the police report. So the 24-year-old woman said she was driving the motorized toy truck, Power Wheels truck toy uh, down Playground Road, which was near her home, according to the incident report. So the woman appeared to be under the influence of a narcotic or drug, according to police. I wonder how they figured that out. It was probably because she had some slurred speech and other kind of impairments, but she told the police she was driving the toy truck or the power wheels as part of a scavenger hunt and said she wanted to be a professional wrestler like her father and was how to do it according to the incident report. This is crazy. Information on her father was unavailable. Uh, No surprise there. So the woman was arrested and taken to the local detention center where she was charged with public uh, intoxication. Oh boy, that's crazy. So uh, what's the story here? What's the uh, take? takeaway well you better have 
a little more horsepower in your power wheels if you're going to get away from the police, I think. So, hey, in theme with this particular podcast, guys, you know, it's, we're going to talk about chargebacks, but here's a great story from foxnews.com. And this is a great story about chargebacks and disputes. And this is a story titled, A Toddler Accidentally Buys a $430 Couch or Sofa While on Amazon and While Playing on His Mom's Telephone. So here's the story. A California mother is warning others to lock down their Amazon accounts after her two-year-old daughter purchased a $430 sofa through her shopping app, her Amazon shopping app, with just one click. I mean, we need to talk about customer, you know, having customer friction when it comes to buying stuff, right? This is crazy. So the mom had been recently looking at sofas on Am- on her Amazon app on her cell phone, but apparently did, didn't give it too much close attention and really properly powered down the application when she handed her phone to her daughter. So the mother of two said that her daughter made the impromptu purchase and she didn't even know anything about it until the sofa was being shipped and it's on its way to her home. She was so shocked, the mom said. I thought, hey, I didn't buy this sofa in my sleep. What happened? It turns out that the two-year-old, this two-year-old daughter of hers, instead of playing a game on the phone, opened up an Amazon app and pressed the buy now button, which advertised purchasing items with just one click. Again, guys, I mean, we talk about having customer friction, but this is taking it to a whole new level. So just with that one click that toddler purchased a $430 sofa and she didn't even know what she was doing. So the mother says her daughter didn't know what she was doing and the mother didn't know what was happening until days later when the mother received a notification on her phone that read, hey, from Amazon, your sofa is now being shipped. The mom quickly tried to cancel the order, but Amazon said it was too late. She told the news station that if she was to return it, Amazon said it would cost her a $79 restocking fee and that she would need to pay for shipping costs around It's crazy. Now she's trying to sell that sofa online, all because her her daughter found that app and ordered a sofa accidentally. Again, guys, we need to really think about creating or not creating so much customer friction when a two-year-old can order something online without her mother knowing. That's crazy stuff. So, hey guys, as always, we w- we want to really put a shout out to all those companies that really support Ruin a Bad Guy's Day, especially, especially Mitigator.com. And I want to let you know how grateful I am at Mitigator.com for sponsoring this episode of Ruin a Bad Guy's Day Radio. This week's episode of Ruin a Bad Guy's Day Radio is brought to you by Mitigator. Mitigator is a leader in the payment dispute management service industry. So are you tired of the same old daily grind with fighting chargebacks and credit card disputes? Are you drowning in a sea of endless data and spreadsheets? Well, look no further. Mitigator's payment dispute management system provides real-time analytics and advanced artificial intelligence technology that helps you identify why disputes are occurring while reducing your chargebacks and enabling your business to better avoid them in the future. Hey, let Mitigator help you get back to growing your business. For more information on how Mitigator can help you prevent and respond to credit card disputes and chargebacks, visit Mitigator.com. Thank you, Mitigator. So, as promised, guys, Running Bad Guys Day Radio will be featuring some of the top fraud fighters and the best fraud solution providers in the industry for 2019. And today, I'm especially excited to introduce to you account executive Trent Spratling with Mitigator. Mitigator helps businesses of all sizes prevent, 
fight and analyze chargebacks. So, hey, Trent. Hey, I'm glad you could join us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Skip. I wonder what that uh, Hot Wheels towing fee was. (laughs) (laughs) I love to see the chargeback information going back and forth with Amazon and the mom and all the emails and, you know, the justification. I mean, I mean, what? I mean, it's crazy. It would love to. That would be a great case study about what to do or what not to do. Yeah, that'd be a tough one. (laughs) (laughs) So, Trent, hey, tell our listeners a little about about yourself and how Mitigator really helps businesses prevent, fight, and analyze their chargeback. You bet. Yep. I'm an account executive, been in the payment space working with e-commerce merchants, uh, mainly e-commerce merchants in the space and uh, helping them identify and understand, you know, what kind of chargebacks are they receiving? How can you mitigate, prevent, as well as when you do receive them, you know, how do you manage and handle that in the best way possible? So as you mentioned a little earlier, we provide chargeback alerts, VMPI to help avoid disputes altogether. And then when you do receive, you know, the percentage that you do bring in, you know, how do you manage them and how do you understand why they were coming in? That's so, awesome. Hey, yeah. you know, Trent, we've known each other for a long time. And I tell you what, you're you're one of the people that I go to for chargeback advice. And, you know, you're a fraud expert in your own right. But, you know, really tell our listeners, you know, about your, your background and what Mitigator really does to help prevent and fight chargeback. So, my background is related solely around helping e-commerce merchants understand where the chargebacks are coming from, why they're coming in, and to identify the best ways to, you know, nip that and to reduce. And what Mitigator does is it provides solutions such as alerts or Visa's VMPI program to help resolve and avoid a chargeback from increasing your ratio. But I believe the flip side of it is is equally as valuable or more so. How do you manage those that do come in and then to understand where and how they came in? So what we find is so many of these chargebacks or disputes, they can be prevented by simple business changes uh, within an organization. And I think that's where I really like to jump in and help companies. How, what can we do to prevent this? What can we do to better, you know, to better the business and your e-commerce offering? That's a great point because just like that story we just talked about with the the two-year-old buying that sofa online through Amazon, you know, so many companies don't understand where their chargebacks are coming from. You know, they don't segregate or aggregate, you know, the differences between, you know, what's a fraud chargeback that's related to some sort of stolen credit card. Or even when Johnny or little Mary here, in this case, buying the sofa, you know, that may be a chargeback because when the mom gets the charge, she doesn't see that. She doesn't realize that you know, little Mary, her her daughter made that charge. Right. I mean, you know, so, you know, what's so awesome about, about what Mitigator does, I mean, Mitigator can really help businesses with understanding their chargeback issues, which so many people don't understand, and how to minimize and reduce those risks. But, you know, there's so many misconceptions about fighting and preventing chargebacks. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I talk to other fraud practitioners who are fighting chargebacks, but don't understand where their chargebacks are coming. So, coming from. So some businesses believe that fighting chargebacks is just not worth the time or devoting the resources, while other businesses believe it's just a cost of doing business and, and really writing off those losses. You know, so Trent, I mean, really, so how big of a problem is this? You know, it sounds like a huge problem with all these misconceptions and myths in this in the chargeback business, you know, especially with businesses that don't know about companies like Mitigator. Who out there 
you know, to help them or out there to help them um, with increasing overall revenue and, and reducing chargebacks? Who can help them? What are some of those misconceptions that you've seen out there, Trent, about fighting chargebacks in these disputes? Yeah, there's a there's a big list. And to key in on the point you, you've just recently made here is let's kind of go back to where is where's the the vagueness, you know, that when when a merchant receives their chargeback statements, there's these vague and broad reason codes. When we say card not present, it's also person not present. So we don't understand like this Amazon situation, you know, how did this purchase even be made? Who made it exactly? You know, what were all the factors around it? And so these get these chargebacks get, they're called reason codes. They get classified in certain ways that makes it very difficult. So one thing a mitigator we've done is we've actually analyzed and looked at of all the chargebacks merchants are getting, how many of them are termed friendly fraud, meaning they they did use their credit card and payment credentials. They weren't using somebody else's and it was it's over 71%. So with that being said, one of the, the one of the big misconceptions I hear quite often is if I fight or respond to a chargeback slash payment dispute, you know, my customers are going to get mad at the company. We're going to get rated poorly. We're not going to be, you know, seen very well. No, that's exactly right. You know, so many people don't really understand what a chargeback really is. And just for some of our new listeners out there to, who are trying to, you know, get their head wrapped around what we're talking about with chargebacks is, is really basically when you break down what a chargeback really is, it's a demand by a credit card provider uh, for a retailer or a merchant to make good on a loss, you know, uh, regarding a fraudulent or disputed transaction. Is, isn't that right, Trent? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so many people don't understand understand that that disputed transaction or that chargeback could really stem from really something that happened really innocently. So like this like this two-year-old who purchased the sofa on her mom's phone, Amazon app, you know, that that's going to turn into a chargeback because a mom, when she gets her credit card statement, doesn't really understand where they came from. She didn't make that purchase. Yeah. And, and so a lot of companies don't understand where these chargebacks are coming from. And it's so important to really aggregate and segregate the different chargebacks that are coming in into your organization. Yeah, absolutely. And you think about it as well. Let's say that mom never put two and two together that her, you know, her daughter made the purchase. She's just going to charge back and Amazon's going to be, you know, left scratching their head. Hey, we shipped it on time. It got there. You know, what's the problem? That's crazy. So, Corinne, I mean, there's so many misconceptions, but one I hear over and over again is people tell me all the time, hey, if I fight this dispute or chargeback, my customers want to get mad at me and my company. I mean, what do I do? I'm not, I don't want to fight that chargeback. So what do you recommend? Yeah, I think what helps curb that misconception is just understanding the payment dispute process. So, for example, I buy something or, you know, and I go and I say, hey, I don't recognize this or, hey, I, you know, I thought I had canceled this already or whatever the situation is. You go in there and you respond. You can call into your issuing bank or go online now and you can dispute and they will take that. Your issuing bank will take that and create a case for the merchant to review and say, hey, this customer is charging back. Uh, This was the reasoning why Uh, we're refunded the money. We now need the money back from you. And the merchant will then have an opportunity if they choose 
choose to, to respond with compelling evidence and insight per that issuing bank's requirements and guidelines to present a case as to why this was a legitimate purchase and the money should not be refunded. And Right. So you're really, the customer is really not getting mad at you. Yeah, exactly. They're not even interacting with the merchant. Right. And they don't get mad at their credit card company. Yeah, exactly. And let's just be honest. <laughs> let's say the issuing bank comes back, you know, the merchant sends them compelling evidence and information and the bank's like, hey, here's what we found. You know, Mr. Smith, we've got X, Y, and Z. We see the URL. We see what you purchased. It was it arrived. You know, you're going to, there's going to be a percentage of people you, you clear, you remove the clouds and the haze and be like, oh, well, yeah, I did buy that. Or shoot, that was my spouse. Thank you. Like, you know what? I shouldn't have filed one. Thanks. Or, you know, let's be honest. There's some really good people. Or they're very astute to this, I'll say, at abusing the system. They'll just keep kicking and screaming and throwing a fit. And the issuing bank will always side with the cardholders. They will always win. And so then it becomes a chargeback still. So that cardholder and you know, from my view and working with other merchants and from big to small, there are plenty that have, you know, they understand there is zero risk here of of doing a customer wrong because they will, if they kick and scream long and hard enough, they'll, the chargeback will go through. They will be refunded their money and they will have, it won't become across as, Hey, well, you know, what the merchant said about me isn't true. It's not like there's opinions written and slapstick emails going back and forth. It's literally just communicating the customer, the cardholders, just communicating with their issuing bank and passing information and reviewing. So- No, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, so many times the uh, the actual credit card holder realizes, oh my gosh, I did make that purchase. I didn't realize I'm, no, actually my husband made that right. purchase and I'm so sorry. So really it's not as bad as most people think. It's not that they're mad at the company is that sometimes we have to help them realize, hey, you actually made this purchase. It might have been you. It was probably another family member. Yeah. And it's a percentage game. This is a big gnarly problem. Nobody has the the silver bullet or, you know, the crystal ball here. We're trying to get as many as we can. And if you can, you know, just 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 responding to a chargeback right there can help clear up things with cardholders. So, you know, why not? There's value in it right there. Absolutely. And and responding to disputes and chargebacks really helps you learn about the entire process as an organization because it helps you identify certain processes and procedures within your own company that maybe if you focus a little bit more on the processes and procedures, say, for instance, your return process or your services and things like that. Maybe if you're segregating these chargebacks as they came in and you identify them, that maybe some of your chargebacks or disputes are occurring from maybe a a service that wasn't provided adequately as advertised or the product or merchandise that was sold. You know, the customer didn't really, you know, it wasn't something they expected or really wanted in the first place. So until you do that, you don't have a chance to really change some of your processes because I know a lot of companies change maybe restocking fees and things like that, like this Amazon on particular transaction we spoke about with Ma- little Mary, the two-year-old who bought the, the sofa for, for $430. You know, a lot of companies don't understand that maybe, hey, the, our products or services aren't meeting the customer demand. But if you never really analyze your chargebacks, you can't change those processes or maybe reduce the restocking fee to make, you know, more happy customers come back to your website. Yep. Yep. Agreed. At the end of the day, I feel the best thing to do is, is, and you know, sometimes it's not viewed as a very uh, noble task, but dig into this and and analyze and understand why and where they're coming from. And just another specific point on that is, and a lot of people listening to this are probably well beyond, but seriously, the descriptor, what what the credit oh, yeah. card, 
hold, what the card holder sees on their statement after making a purchase from your business. It's amazing. It can be all over the place and it can have nothing to do with oh my the gosh. website, the URL, the product, the customer service number doesn't work. It's out of date or it's, you know, it's just not current anymore. And people who want to communicate with you first before going to the bank, they can't even do that. Exactly. I mean, if if you buy something from Rune Bad Guys Day Radio and on your credit card statement, it says, you know, ABC, you know, Acme company.com. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to dispute that because you didn't make that purchase or you didn't as a company think forward enough to think, Hey, my descriptor needs to identify my business in thinking that when that cardholder receives their statement, they know that purchase was made at Ruin a Bad Guys Day Radio. Yep, exactly. And I think the point here is there's always room for improvement and things can go wrong. You know, this just happened to me recently. And the point we're trying to make here is things happen, things go wrong, and there's always improvement that can be made within an organization. That's what makes it fun and you know challenging. But for example, I signed up for a software service. They had a 14 free day trial. Um, you know, they asked for my credit card and information in case you know I move past. It's already there, which is fine. So I sign up and I use it, and I look at my credit card statement, and there's the full year's amount in one fall, one fell swoop, one payment transaction. Oh wow! And I was like, wow, that is definitely not what I signed up for. Well, I kind of peruse back through the website and I try to retrace my steps. What did I do? So I click on the 14-day trial offer and it took me to a page where it was like you were signing up for their regular service without the trial. And if you wanted the trial, you had to make another click that was a small button in a different place. And now this company is, is well known especially among sales executives. And I don't think they're trying to do any sort of bait and switch or be tricky. That's just something mm -hmm. that they had going on where, yes, this takes you to the page where you can select the, the free trial option, but it wasn't that obvious, especially when I'm trying to, you know, check out quick. I think I was even at the airport, you know, and I'm, hey, I click on the 14 day trial, I pump in my info, let's go. And I retrace my steps and come to find out you actually have to click on another button to access that offer. So it's it's small things like that. And it's really hard to get this si sort of insight without spending time because the issuing banks aren't going to tell you any of this. No, they're not. And I tell you, the devil's in the details, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the details like with, uh, you know, how you uh, identify your business in that descriptor code uh, when they credit card, you know, holders sees their statement, you know, all these little things that really add up to big dollars at the end of the day really, really matter. And companies like Mitigator can really help. So, hey, you know, this podcast is all about the truth and consequences about dealing with disputes and chargebacks and all the misconceptions that are out there about how companies deal with chargebacks and in their customers. But, you know, I've heard about this misconception from a lot of businesses, and a lot of people in our particular world and the fraud prevention world. And I people say, hey, look, I received this authorization code, you know, from the credit card company before I sent out the order. So, hey, I'm covered, right? If there's a dispute of chargeback. I mean, that's not right. No. Is it, yeah. And I've heard that one as well. Just because your gateway, you know, or the credit card company, you know, you get a, a pass, a thumbs up on the authorization, you get a good auth code does not mean you're covered. Banks are not taking liability. Um, it begs to it begs no. to ask the question, you know, what's the point of the authorization? And obviously there's some value there, but that authorization can from, you know, face value seem like, hey, they validated this for me. They've authorized it, right? That's what that 
word means, but the liability still sits with you. You've accepted the payment, so it does not wipe it away. And to dovetail into that, maybe I'll add to it, Skip, is I've also heard a lot of people say, well, if I had the auth code and it becomes a chargeback and I see it, if I refund it, then they'll remove it from, they'll remove it from my statement. And that is also not true. And so what they're oh, saying, wow. like, hey, just, you know, if, if I got an auth code, it came back as a chargeback. If I refund the customer, it'll remove it. And I just, I've met businesses that are refunding and we can talk a little bit more when it does make sense to refund and how you can make sure you recover that revenue. But I think sometimes people, they talk or maybe they don't understand what, you know, a speaker saying at an event and they just start refunding everything when it becomes in as a chargeback. And that that's even, you know, then they're not getting any value. They're just simply refunding the money with zero chance or zero hope of ever seeing it again. Exactly. And the most risky transaction, let's let's make sure we make sure the listeners understand this. That card not present transaction is the most risky transaction that you, you can have. And if you receive an authorization code from your card issuer, that bank on a card not present transaction and it goes belly up, as a charge right. back, you are going to lose. So make sure you do your due, due diligence, whatever your manual review process is or whatever it is, you cannot rely solely on that authorization code that you receive from that bank uh, to bail you out if it's a chargeback. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. So, hey, Trent, hey, another huge misconception that I hear all the time is that banks and credit card companies don't care if I fight chargebacks or not. They only care about my ratio. I mean, how crazy yeah, is that? This is a very common and very popular one that I hear of. And I think some merchants will have some valid points here and there. But, you know, again, it just comes back to understanding the process of the bank. So, yeah, the, you're right. You don't want to get on that excessive chargeback, you know, Visa monitoring program or MasterCards or anything like that and incur these fees and, you know, ultimately lose your ability to process, you know, and take online payments. So it's, it's a big, huge consequence. And that ratio, whether it's by count or by sales, is very critical and important. But here's the other thing. And especially those that are seeking to add acquirers, add merchant accounts, continue to grow and scale and add more volume to their business. If you are not responding to payment disputes and chargebacks, what does that tell the bank? Do you know you're selling a poor product or service? Do you have... Or you, you don't, don't care. care. <laughs> exactly. Do you have right. poor customer service and you know this is just part of what you're doing and you're okay living with it? The flip side of that is when the bank sees, hey, they're responding to disputes, they're seeking to make them right, they're proving to us through the representment process, uh, you know, when they're challenging these, they're challenging that cardholder that, hey, they, they have valid points, this is legitimate things, and they know, hey, this is a good business. So, you know, they're able exactly. to build up a good reputation. And I've seen, and I've talked to an online education company, very well known, very respected. They do, they have a good product and service. They don't respond to any disputes. And I'm like, well, you know, how Crazy. have you, have you ever talked to your bank about that? And they say, no, we, we don't even have those conversations with them. And these, no, and they do huge volume. And I'm like, wow, you know, wow, you know, I'm just scratching my head saying, well, you, you have a lot to gain here. You know, as you, if you're going to ramp up your business and grow it, um, A, you got revenue just sitting there probably because you're a legitimate company. And B, you know, you need to develop and strengthen that relationship with the banks and the acquirers so that you can be viewed as, you know, the least risky type business possible. 
Exactly. You know, Trent, that's a, that's a huge point. I mean, so many people that do this business in chargebacks and fraud prevention, you know, they just don't pick up the phone. They don't ask for help and they don't understand that if you don't respond to dispute or chargeback in the time that is permitted to you by the credit card companies, they're going to charge back that money that's in dispute. So it's a lose-lose. You need to adhere to the guidelines set forth by the credit card companies and the time that's permitted for you to dispute that particular chargeback. Most chargebacks are reversed because as an organization, you respond in a timely manner. And that is so critical and is so informational. And more companies and more chargeback practitioners need to be aware of that or ask for help from companies just like Mitigator. Yep, 100%. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's one of the number one things that we can help others out there right now, guaranteed to help you increase your revenue, stop a lot of chargebacks if you would just start responding in that time that is permitted to you, allocated to you by those credit card companies. Wow, what a great way to increase your revenue and what a a great payback from listening to this podcast and listening to Trent. Thank you, Trent. So, hey, look, hey, so do banks and credit credit card companies always side with just their customers? Uh, Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. So what you just stated, if someone's listening here going, yeah, that sounds all good and flowery, (laughs) but- (laughs) Hey, there's no flowery on- on Yeah, that's, thank you for correcting me. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah, I hope my friend aren't listening. Um, but yeah, it it's uh, you think about it, you know, that's what they're thinking. Hey, well, they're always going to side with the cardholder. We all know banks, they, they, they measure their revenue and how many fees they can charge. They do not make the representment process necessarily all that easy. And I'm not necessarily trying to pick on banks, but as I said earlier, they always win. They will make money. They will be profitable. And the merchants are going to have to foot the bill when it comes to chargebacks. So I like to say it's a percentage game. As I said earlier in my example, if a cardholder ultimately kicks and screams hard enough, and I won't say they're always lying, but we know many do, especially with the upcoming generations that are very aware of how to abuse the system and live paycheck to paycheck. And when they need cash, they know how to get it. It's a percentage game and you're going to lose those. Ultimately, if they kick hard and fight, you know, push back on their, uh, you know, issuing bank, the credit card company, they'll side with the cardholder. But here's the thing, what we have found, and this is individual merchants not using mitigator service or another vendor or in those that do, if, if you can respond, there is a significant amount to recover. So for example, um, one of the reason codes is 10.4. Fraud is the reason code. <laughs> it's just fraud. Mm-hmm. And it's very common. Yeah, everyone knows 10.4. In the last 12 months, we've recovered 56% of the 10.4s. Now, I am merging in, you know, digital and physical goods and it can break out and, you know, reflect differently. But when we looked at the average as a whole, 56% of all those we responded to, we were able to recover. That sounds great, too. And to get to this misconception of, of why I think it is, is there as well, everybody's using different acquirers and banks, and there's many out there. And there is no universal format or rules of how to submit one. Some have you send it through email, some API, and most of them are fax. Okay, you're literally faxing mm-hmm. packets over to these people to these banks. And some say it has to be black and white, some color, some six pages, some you know can't be. You got to have 
information here on page one, um, you know, and this type of information, we want it there. And the reality is issuing bank agents spend around 60 to 90 seconds looking at these. They've got these fraud analyst wow. teams. They're receiving lots of these representment packets. Um, there is an element of how are they feeling that day? <laughs> and, I bet, and responding. Exactly. If it's a Monday, it's probably yeah, not like, a good oh day. Oh my gosh, I got 5,000 to go through today. You know, so I, there is some, I can see where this misconception comes up. They're just going to side with them because those who have sought to respond to chargebacks, I'll talk to them and go, hey, well, I sent my whole terms and conditions and I sent the five emails and I sent, I'm like, that's, you can't do that. That's way too much information. Mm -hmm. They're not, not going to read it. That. You have yeah. to highlight and screenshot and like there's this, all this learning curve and you go, yeah, and then that's what you do for that bank. But this other bank, it's different. So this is where companies throw their hands up in the air and they said, hey, we've tried and it's broken. And they always just side with the cardholder and they don't care about us. Mm -hmm. Well, once you get past the steep in, you know, again, that's why we exist. You don't don't go through the pain of this massive learning curve or let's greatly reduce it. Once you get past that and you've got things the way they want it, there is absolutely there is absolute revenue you can recover. No doubt. Oh, absolutely. That's huge. I mean, and, and mitigators are to be like your best friend to help you fight these chargebacks and really get back that revenue. Because at the end of the day, that's what's so important is, is getting that money back that could have otherwise been lost along with that product. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's awesome. Hey, you know, hey, Trey, there's so many businesses out there right now that believe there's like no ROI, no return on investment on fighting chargebacks. I hear this all the time. You know, it's just, they all say, hey, it's just not worth my time. It's just part of doing business. You know, hey, this is probably one of the biggest misconceptions and then the truth or consequences and what we're talking about is a consequence if you don't fight, you know, the, the chargebacks. And really, we need to really talk about what is the real ROI and fighting chargebacks. I mean, can you help our listeners, you know, really understand that a yeah, little bit more? Yeah, and let's and I'll give even some of the quick examples I look at when I get on the phone with the merchant to identify if we should, you know, keep discussing and talking with each other or not. And I'll be honest, I think there are some merchants where the ROI in fighting chargebacks is quite low or it may not exist. And what I've found is it's, it's the merchants with a really low average order value, or, you know, they've got a subscription mm -hmm. for six bucks a month, five bucks a month. It can be very hard. Even when you look at costs from a service provider, or when you break down labor, even if you get someone real trained up and real skilled, it, it's hard to, to justify that. But not, you know, most e-commerce merchants don't really fall into that bucket. So when I look at ROI, uh, when it comes to fighting these, hey, let's look at your average order value. Let's look at the last 12 months, 24 months, you know, and if you're seasonal, it can vary a little bit how we look at this, but let's let's look at what is that average number of disputes um, from what you can mm -hmm. tell. And if someone has a front end fraud solution, you know, looking for malicious fraud, that's really helpful because then they can go, OK, we had, you know, 100 chargebacks on average per month. And when we look at our fraud data insight for malicious fraud, you know, stolen identity fraud, we find, you know, it's there's about 20 percent of those. Uh, probably you fall under that category. So go, okay, so we've got around 80 payment disputes going on. And if we were to respond to those appropriately and accurately, 
Um, you know, and again, you can go way deep in this. You can even try to filter out how many of them were our fault and legitimate, right? Not every charge, not all chargebacks mm-hmm. are bad. Some are legit that you, you, you know, you brought upon yourself, but let's just say, you know, in this example, there's 80 that you can go after and respond to. And let's say you're a physical goods merchant and you have good information. You know, for example, you have shipping confirmations and other things. You, you keep track of those order forms and how people are responding and confirming to purchases and you have good information you know, you can recover 50, 60% of those most likely. Oh, and yeah. and so I'll say, hey, you know, let's be even a little conservative. Let's say we just recovered 30 of the 80 and your average order value is 200 bucks. Well, you know, there's $6,000 um, you, you can get back. And, you know, it's definitely when you respond to 80 chargebacks, I can assure you it comes with nowhere near um, $1,000. So, you're trading, you know, that that money, let's say it's 500 bucks, 600 dollars for, you know, potential of recovering 6000. That's the type of conversations we're having. And it can vary. So I I typically have a rule of thumb of, hey, if you're if you're around $15 average order value and you have, you know, around 50 chargebacks per month, there's prob you're probably getting into some real ROI potential. Oh yeah. And then what if your cost of goods is even higher than that? So I've helped manage companies with uh, their average transactions are over $200. And so, and then some of those, especially if you're in electronics, your margins on electronic goods are very tight. And if you're not trying to recover those chargebacks or lost goods, I mean, you are really in the hole. And let's, let's tie this into one of the problems we all face as fraud professionals. It's getting internal cross team visibility to your fraud efforts. So, so you can break an ROI down pretty far, especially if people have the capacity and the willingness to do so. You can start saying, okay, that transaction, yeah, it was, an, it was a $100 average order value, let's say, and the shipping cost was, you know, five bucks, 10 bucks. But what's your marketing cost per converted sale? Well, it's, you know, it's $2. Okay, well, let's add that on there, on there too. And so you can start talking to different organizations. Well, what's our advertising cost? What's these things that go into each sale that we make? So then, you, you know, which is real. There's a real cost that companies are tracking and you can associate it to recovering revenue is also recovering those costs as well. Wow, that's great. You know, and it's what's interesting about understanding the ROI on fighting chargebacks is really understand that, like we said before, the commonalities of your chargebacks, where are your chargebacks coming from? And once you really dig in deeper, you'll have a better understanding as an organization about how maybe you need to change certain things with your services or your merchandise, uh, your return policy, maybe restocking fee. And at the end of the day, aren't we all trying to really make our customers happy? And- and that's really what's important. So when you really get down to the nitty gritty and really have the, a tool and have the analysis that Mitigator provides, you're really able to, at, in a moment's notice at your fingertips, really understand where your chargebacks are hap- happening, how you can increase your revenue by fighting the chargebacks, and at the same time, make customers happy. I mean, isn't that what we're all yeah. trying to do? And something I'll add to this, this is my favorite thing about you know, talking about representments and empowering merchants is, you know, at the end of the first off, no one wants to do this. 
it's not fun putting no. paper and evidence together and making sure you do it right and sending it off and hoping and praying you win. Um, it takes a certain yeah. personality <laughs> yeah. to do that. And, you know, a lot of times we find there's just organizations aren't responsible for it. There's no like personal job function incentive to do it. And so what, what I enjoy though, is being able to say, Hey, okay, recover the revenue. Great figure out this process. And with us, we have partial automation and full automation options, you know, reduce workforce or not necessarily have to employ anybody and you can do this. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. This makes it doable. Yeah. But to me, the best part is when we can say, okay, let, let me show you what we're putting together for you now. Okay. These are your top mm -hmm. 10 products that, you know, we rank the top 10 products by chargeback rate for you right in a dashboard. Oh, oh, wow, we just released that two months ago and the chargeback rate's at 4% for that product. What's going on there? Um, well, the color of the photo, it isn't reflective of the actual product. You know, you can go and now you're being tuned wow. in. Let's go figure that out. You know, which, which of our marketing sources that we use is driving the most disputes? Well, shoot, it's, uh, you know, it's Twitter, it's Google, it's Facebook, it's affiliates that you pay for, whatever it is you're using. If you can, uh, if you associate where the orders came from, from your marketing channels, we will put that chargeback data to match it um, instantly and in real time. People love that. They can go, oh my gosh, I didn't Man, know awesome. that you know, these three marketing sources, you know, gosh, that's 75% of our disputes right there. We need to manage them better. Do they not understand the type of traffic they're bringing or is it even worthwhile being with them? No, that is, you know, that is so awesome and empowering because you, you turn a chargeback agent or chargeback analyst from someone that's in a support role into someone that's adding value to their entire company. Because instead of being in a support role and just pushing paperwork and being involved in this endless sea of data and spreadsheets, that that person, by analyzing the data that Mitigator can provide with their chargebacks and disputes, add value to their company's revenue by showing the company executives, hey, I can save us a lot of money by doing some simple things and really improve customer service. It's a win-win. Yeah, and that's where, like I said, this is where it's fun. You empower them to be like, hey, I'm not just responding to yes. disputes now. I'm I'm sitting down with the marketing team and just saying, hey, did you know this? I'm sitting down with our fulfillment exactly. team and you know other parts of the business and being like, hey, this is how losses are impacting each organization specifically. You know, I think we can change and do things better. Or, hey, I was prompted. Look, this just came up. I was, you know, you can set up custom notifications of things. You can say, hey, I just was notified and double checked within Mitigator. Uh, we saw this product spike with chargebacks or this country or this bin. And, you know, or if we're a subscription, we're starting to see chargebacks at the fourth month within the subscription. You know, why is that? Let's go investigate. So now you can tip people off as to when you should be looking into to be more preemptive instead of waiting for it to become an obvious issue. It helps you catch it in the very early stages. So that, that's where that's where it's I enjoy talking to the business and say, hey, be committed to this. Dig in. Yeah, nobody wants to do it, but you got to look at it for what it really is. This is going to benefit the business. Yeah, that's awesome, Trent, because you know what's so great about what you do, Trent, and what Mitigator does and what I really like about your company is that you're not just selling a product. You're actually trying to enrich people with the awareness and education about 
fighting chargebacks and these disputes to make their entire company better to increase that revenue and, and at the end of the day, increase that customer service. And what's so important is what I'm hearing from you is, again, what I'm getting out of this takeaway I'm having here is, again, over and over again, fighting fraud isn't just one dimensional. Fighting fraud invo- involves this layered approach. You can have you know this great fraud solution provider and you can pick and choose and Google those, those providers on the internet, but also you need to have a complete package. And that involves a, a chargeback and dispute solution provider that helps you fight and understand where your chargebacks and disputes are coming from. That involves a complete layered approach to fighting chargebacks and disputes and really getting ahead of your losses. And at the end of the day, making your customers happy. Yep. And one last thing I'll add on that. Here's the other wrinkle to it. I mean, how many changes are going on in the payment industry? How many times oh do the gosh. rules change? Every day. Oh, it's not 1% chargeback yep. threshold. It's 0.9 now. Um, you know, MasterCard has new rules if you offer trials of what you have to do and interact with customers. Mm-hmm. They change rules around responding to chargebacks. Visa and MasterCard, you know, this year, you have to respond to the chargebacks that you accept. You have to let them know you accept it or you'll get a fee. So that's the other thing that we add for businesses. Instead of you trying to find this data, because believe me, they don't, they don't publicize it. <laughs> they might no, check they the don't. box that it's on the internet, but they don't go out of their way. Um, and I'm really picking on banks today, which is something how I feel. No, I love yeah. banks. Banks are great. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, it's, it, that's the other thing we do is help you stay current, you know, know what's, yes. what's going on, how to respond. Like, you know, we, like others, we've, we've, we've were a visa facilitator for the VMPI program. If you know what VMPI is, I highly recommend you. I think you had a podcast on it, listen to it or go check it out. It's a way to when the, the cardholder is speaking with the issuing bank to empower the issuing bank to help talk them off of even mm-hmm. disputing and you avoid a refund, but potentially. You know, and there's other options within there. I won't get into too much details, but those are things that, you know, mitigators doing to try and help you stay current and relevant. So you don't have to constantly be finding things out at the last minute or after you've lost money and time. You know, that's the other thing that we provide is, look, this isn't good. Get back to focus on sales and, and doing what you were hired to do and and really good at, and we'll help, you know, bring these things up and manage these changes. Wow. That's awesome. You know, Hey guys, you know, there's a lot of businesses out there that just want your business just solely to get your business, but there's a lot of companies, you know, that have people like Trent that want to partner with you, make you more aware and educate you on how to really obtain more revenue, fight those chargebacks and those disputes, and really help your customers be more happy. And thank you for companies like Mitigator. That's great. You know, Trent, you know, there's there's so many truths and consequences and misconceptions about chargebacks out there, you know, and all these different things about preventing and fighting chargebacks in general. But, you know, Mitigator really sounds like they really put together a great service. And Trent, thank you, you know, for helping customers save time and revenue with fighting chargebacks and preventing those disputes in the first place. So, you know, what was really needed and what really I got out of this, you know, from you in providing more and more education and awareness, you know, to help other businesses better understand what the potential return on investment is for retur- for fighting chargebacks in the first place. So thank you, Trent, so much. And thank you so much for what Mitigator does. It's been a pleasure talking fraud and fighting chargebacks with you today. Hey, so, hey, do you have any final thoughts or takeaways for our you listeners? No, I just thank you as well, Skip, for the opportunity. Uh, I would just say to merchants, don't let chargebacks own you or don't avoid digging in. Uh, you can do this. You you can 
turn a problem. Yeah, you can yeah, do you this. Can do That's this. Right. You can turn a problem into a benefit. And again, for me, the whole goal at the end of the day is just further prevention and improvement. You know that that. So Absolutely. don't don't let them own you. Don't just accept it. Don't just have a real beaten down basic process or you know throw your interns at it. You know get serious about it and. I assure you, it'll it'll definitely pay the benefits. Every e-commerce company that spends their time and understands that there there's there's definitely revenue and money and uh, just the business as a whole uh, getting better. Absolutely. And I know we're talking to a lot of people out there and, 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 and I know my listeners have told me before that they're drowning in that sea of endless data and spreadsheets when fighting chargebacks. And I'm telling you, reach out, learn as much as you can from companies like Mitigator and Trent. They're there to help you and help you understand. And instead of you know being that person that's just maybe pushing paperwork and looking at that data, be somebody that's the voice of your own initiative. Add value to your company by understanding the data and how to turn that law into increased revenue. So, hey, Trent, this has been great. Do you have any final thoughts or takeaways uh, for our listeners or anything else? I hope listeners are, can contact you for additional yeah, help and advice. Uh, feel free to reach out to mitigator.com. There's a little request button. Myself or one of my colleagues, happy to get on the phone, go through things. And we really like to establish uh, if you know what the problem is exactly and make sure we can help so we won't take you down the road too far and then discover you know we can't be of help so yeah reach out to mitigator.com is probably the best man that's awesome thanks trent so much for your time and great advice that is so awesome it's been a great time and experience to have you on the podcast at runa bad guys day radio hey so hey everyone i'll have all of trent's contact information listed in the podcast notes with links to the mitigator website and for more information on how mitigator can help you prevent and respond to disputes and charges just visit mitigator.com. And hey, thank you so much, Trent and Mitigator. So as always, hey, everyone, hey, please subscribe to and like Runa Bad Guys Day Radio on Apple iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, and many of the other free download services. And hey, great news, everyone. Runa Bad Guys Day Radio has been just accepted and our podcasts are now on and available for free downloads on iHeartRadio. Hey, we're growing by leaps and bounds because of loyal listeners just like you. So thank you so much. We really appreciate your feedback and continued support. So thanks again and stay tuned for another episode from Runa Bad Guys Day Radio. Thank you, everyone. This week's episode of Runa Bad Guys Day Radio is brought to you by Mitigator. Mitigator is a leader in the payment dispute management service industry. So are you tired of the same old daily grind with fighting chargebacks and credit card disputes? Are you drowning in a sea of endless data and spreadsheets? Well, look no further. Mitigator's payment dispute management system provides real-time analytics and advanced artificial intelligence technology that helps you identify why disputes are occurring while reducing your chargebacks and enabling your business to better avoid them in the future. Hey, let Mitigator help you get back to growing your business. For more information on how Mitigator can help you prevent and respond to credit card disputes and chargebacks, visit Mitigator.com. Thank you, Mitigator. Thanks for listening to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast with Skip Myers. If you liked our show, please tell your friends and colleagues. You can learn more about us at ruinabadguysday.com or visit us on Twitter and Facebook at Ruin a Bad Guy's Day. Join us for another episode of Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast. 
The information provided in Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. You should consult with legal counsel or other professionals to determine what may be best for your individual or organizational needs.